because you're getting a second pension from the RCA, that added to your first pension from the CPPP, for example, will will replace about 70% of the salaries you use to pull out of your medicine professional corporation. It's, it's, just a, it's just the way the brain works is we think, oh, no, no, the bigger the tax refund, that's good. Now realizing that you only are getting a refund because you were taxed at a much higher rate in the first place. CRA hung on to your money right away. Right. And just refunding you what you shouldn't have paid. Yeah, well, some of the tools are the individual pension plan, the IPP. You could uh, participate in a multi-employer pension plan or a, a pension jargon, we call that a MEP. Um, you could also uh, set up a personal pension plan. You could obviously join the Canadian Physicians Pension Plan, the CPPP, through a personal pension plan. And you can do a retirement compensation arrangement or RCA. How's my financial health, Doc? Welcome to the Financial Literacy Podcast for healthcare professionals, where financial security and wealth topics are not a taboo. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. How is my financial health talk podcast? And I am your host, Vukia Tran. I am uh, very excited. I don't. I, I, I guess by now you should understand that I'm always very excited to have guests on my show. I always start the same way because I'm always very eager and excited to have guests on my show to talk about different topics. And today is no different. I've got back on the show uh, JP Laporte who is a good friend of mine, but also very, very smart. Like uh, it's, it's uh, unbelievable how smart, how smart that JP is, because he's going to help us out with another topic that is very, very relevant to us um, as healthcare professionals, especially if we are incorporated. Good morning, JP. Good morning. How are things over in Etobicoke? <laughs> nice and cold, minus 18 today. Minus 18, so it's probably minus 18 or something thereabouts in Richmond Hill today as well. But today is also a beautiful day because we're going to have the greatest show on earth as well on this podcast. Okay, and what am I talking about? I'm talking about, we're going to talk about a different tool for the corporation to, mig- to mitigate taxes. We are going to be talking about a product. I should I say product or should I say a vehicle or tool? How should I name it? The RCA. It's the retirement compensation arrangement. So the retirement compensation arrangement, which we commonly call as the RCA. So let's start with that. First of all, let's dial back a little bit and let's let's put it into context. Healthcare professionals, especially physicians, dentists, and now nurse practitioners, but I have to include into this group all the physiotherapists, all the chiropractors, all the optometrists who are now allowed to incorporate. Let's not forget, recently, the um, real estate agents are also allowed to incorporate. And like yourself, JP, lawyers have always had the opportunity to incorporate their professions. So this really speaks to a lot of people who have corporations. And within this corporation, there are many tools that allow people to mitigate corporate taxes. Uh, Let's do a summary of what we know so far and what has been used so far. And then we'll jump into the RCA later just to give us context. So JP, can you help us with that? Yeah, well, some of the tools are the individual pension plan, the IPP. You could uh, participate in a multi-employer pension plan or a a pension jargon, we call that a MEP. 
You could also uh, set up a personal pension plan. You could obviously join the Canadian Physicians Pension Plan, the CPPP, through a personal pension plan. And you can do a retirement compensation arrangement or RCA. This is just what is available in the market right now for corporations. All of these are not the same. They're not created equal. Some have more benefits. Some have more pros and cons and different aspects in how they are set up. We're not going to go through those in this podcast today. If you want to learn more, please go back to my previous um, podcast where we talk about IPPs and PPPs and how these are set up and what's the pros and cons of each. What we're going to focus on today is the RCA. But as JP has mentioned, these are the tools that are available to corporations to mitigate tax. So let's jump right into it then, uh, JP. Give us in a nutshell a simplified understanding of what is a RCA. Well, an RCA is really a supplemental pension plan that allows you to build up more retirement income above and beyond what's possible under a registered pension plan. Because registered pension plans, whether they're an individual pension plan, a personal pension plan, a, a MEP or um, the CPPP, all of these registered pension plans have tax limits. You can only build up a pension using what's called the maximum pensionable salary, which this year is $171,000. So for people that have incomes way above $171,000, you just can't replicate that revenue in the form of a pension because of those tax limits. So in order to create a pension in retirement that takes into consideration your entire salary, not just the first $171,000, you need a supplemental plan. And this is where the RCA comes in. So if I have a corporation and I've set up my CPPP, let's say, and there's a certain limit that, it can, that my corporation can contribute, but now I'm looking for more contributions to look for more tax deduction of my corporate income, there is this product called the RCA that allows me to do that and accumulate more in my corporation that way. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. It's not just, I mean, obviously you do get additional corporate tax deductions, which is really good and part of the reason for today's podcast, but it also gives you a lot more retirement income, which is sort of what you're trying to achieve in the first place. Okay. You end up with a much higher lifestyle a lot more money coming in, wired into your bank account when you decide to uh, hang up your stethoscope. Okay, got it. So this is a tool in addition to the other pension plans that we've just mentioned earlier. It's not in it, it's additional to. Yeah, it's layered on top. Okay, yeah. so now that we know what it is, what what is it for then? Well, we talked about okay. Some of the is for uh, contributing and tax deduction of the corporation. Is that its only purpose? Well, like I just said, it's also to have a much higher retirement income because it's added to your your basic pension income that you've got from the first layer, from let's say your CPPP. That's going to pay you a nice fat pension, but you want to have even more. You want to be able to replicate the kind of revenues you used to get when you were actively practicing medicine. So you won't be able to do it with just a registered pension plan. It's just because of the limits. But with the RCA, because you're getting a second pension from the RCA, that added to your first pension from the CPPP, for example, will, will replace about 70% of the salaries you used to pull out of your medicine professional corporation. So it may it allows you to maintain your lifestyle without having to work, which is, I think, the whole point of this uh, strategy. Okay, very good. So who uses it? I mean, obviously, one needs to be incorporated and have a corporation. 
but who uses it? Who would benefit well, from this? In in the medical um, context, you you need to have an employer employer relationship. Hence, the need for the medicine professional corporation. But RCAs have been around since uh, at least I think 1986, and um, lots of other people that are not incorporated use them, like um, CEOs of very large companies that have very large compensation envelopes, they will use RCAs as a way to mitigate personal taxes, professional athletes. So hockey players, there are a number of Canadian hockey players that have RCAs. Uh, And then you also have some business owners that uh, make a lot of money through their corporations. They will use RCAs. So there's a variety of uh, users out there. What you're saying to me is not so much the incorporation. What you're saying to me is that there has to be a employer-employee relationship here where the employer is the person, is the entity that funds this uh, vehicle, but the beneficiary is the employee. Correct. Yeah. So dividends, just like with a pension plan, if you have a corporation, but you don't pay yourself salaries, you only pay yourself a dividend. You cannot set up an RCA. That is a good point. So just because I, Vuketran, has a Vuketran MPC, I cannot benefit from this unless I have a established employee-employer relationship with my MPC. And a dividend-only type of compensation would not allow that relationship. Well, like in your one of your previous podcasts, where you said, you know, people who adopt a 100% dividend strategy are really, and I'm, I might be misquoting you, but shooting themselves in the foot. Now, that is exactly what I said. <laughs> yeah, because they're not, they're not, they're not taking advantage of all of these strategies, like personal pension plans, like retirement compensation arrangements, um, because they listen to someone who said, you know, uh, you do a pure dividend strategy. Right. So and, everything we're going to be talking about today is missed if you insist on doing 100% dividends. Exactly. Exactly. So, sorry, the cornerstone of being able to do this is in fact that employer-employee relationship, employer-employee relationship through a salary and through a T4. If that doesn't happen, whatever we're talking about today becomes irrelevant for that person. Yeah. Now, let's talk about who gets the, the tax deduction. So we know that we're going to set up this vehicle. We know that this is an arrangement where the corporation is the sponsor, I believe. Yes. But the, but the person benefiting from it is the personal person. So Dr. Vuketran MPC is the sponsor and Vuketran is the beneficiary. Um, how does the MPC set it up and who gets the tax deduction? So it's very flexible. Uh, Usually the RCAs that we set up are set up where the corporation is doing 100% of the contributions. Therefore, it's the, in your case, the MPC that gets the corporate tax deduction. But that's not necessarily the case or always have to be the case like that. So it is possible to have the employee out of the salary that they're collecting from their MPC, like the doctor, to contribute something to the RCA. And that personal contribution uh, triggers a personal tax deduction. Just like if you contribute to an RRSP, you get, or even to a PPP, you would be able to claim a personal tax deduction on your tax return for the amount contributed to the RCA. And the only catch is that you cannot have more than 50% of the total cost of funding the plan. So if, if you're told the annual cost is $100,000, the most that the employee is allowed to contribute is $50,000. If you exceed that, unfortunately, uh, there are adverse tax consequences. So we, we would never do that. We would always keep it at 50% or less. 
would be the employee portion if we want the employee to contribute something in claim of personal tax deduction. So it depends on who's contributing and there's flexibility as to who can contribute and therefore who can claim the deduction. That's very interesting. Okay, so what you're saying to me is as an individual and as a corporation, I can decide whether the corporation sponsors 100% or the corporation can sponsor only 50% and the individual will, will sponsor the other 50%. Or 75 or 80 or 90% corporate and then the corresponding personal percentage. Right. So the individual up to maximum 50%. Correct. And uh, when, th when in that scenario, so let's just say 25%. I'll just use that as an example. So if Vuketran contributes 25% into this RCA, and I've decided not to do the IPP, PPP, MEPP, none of those, but I've decided to do my RSP, for example, as, as the individual. Would this be in addition to the RRSP or would this be counted in the same lump as an RRSP? No, this is a brand new personal tax deduction. It's grounded in section eight of the Income Tax Act. So it's a brand new personal tax deduction. It's as if you treated brand new RSP room, except it's RCA room. Got it. And it's personal. Got it. So let's say just for fun, let's for, 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 for fun, let's assume that the RCA administrator tells you that the annual contribution this year is $200,000. And you have set it up where it's 50-50, where the corporation kicks in 100,000 and you as the individual kick in $100,000. So when you, when you prepare your tax return, you would say, I'm claiming a $100,000 personal tax deduction off of my personal income because that's what the RC allows you to do. Plus my 29,000 whatever and change going into my RRSP. Wow. Wow, that that is mind-blowing what you just said there. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, I well. wow. I I did not I I did not set up a uh, my my pension plan. Uh, I have my corporation, but I don't want to set up my pension plan. I don't know why I would do that, but let's just say I didn't do that. And now I'm contributing to my RRSP, and uh, my RSP limit this year, I, 2021, was twenty seven thousand eight hundred and something, I believe, right? So I yeah. do that. I do that, but I also want to do my RCA. So I'm choosing the fifty fifty model there. Mm -hmm. In your in your example, my corporations contribute a hundred grand. Me Vuketran contributes the other fifty a uh, hundred grand, which means I get a tax deduction of twenty seven thousand and change through my RSP room, and I also get a hundred thousand uh, dollars tax deduction through my RCA room, which means Vuketran's. Um, contribution to his quote unquote pension this year is 127,000 something in change that he can write off his income. Is yeah, that how I understand it? Yeah, exactly. So if you've been paying tax at 50%, then you're getting over $60,000 in tax refunds from the government. Wow. That's, that's one way to look at it. But remember, don't get dazzled by the size of the tax refund. Because all that is, is the, the government giving you back money that you've exposed to a high tax rate in the first place. Right. So that's why almost, I think every single one of our RCAs that we've set up always have 100% of the contributions made by the corporation. Because we're trying to minimize having to flow money into salary mode in order to just contribute it to the plan in the to, you know, why expose it to a 50% tax bracket to then the same day put it in the RCA when you could just go from the corporation at a lower tax rate and put it in the RCA? No, I get that. I get that. Um, it's just that there are people out there, and I know a few of them, who refuses to move away from RSP, who refuses to get their pensions, etc. So, 
and again, it depends on their philosophy in life and how they understand things in their own financial situation. Right. Um, but, but the point that you are making, which I, again, 120% agree with, is that if the corporation does it at 100%, you're using pre-tax dollars from the corporation. The VUCA trend doesn't have to pull it out from the corporation as salary, take the 53% tax hit, and then do the RCA after. And so what you're saying is, if you did it within the corporation 100%, that's pre-tax money. It's pre-tax and it doesn't, it doesn't impinge on your lifestyle. Because if, if the corporation has to pay you an extra $100,000 in salary, which will end up in the RCA, then you know, why do that when, when you want to just have whatever you need to live and only pull what you need and expose it to high tax rates? Don't, don't pull more money at a higher tax rate to then claim a deduction on what you're contributing to the RCA. That's right. So it's better to do it straight from the corporate bank account uh, into the uh, RCA. That's right. So we were talking about this because we were talking about the flexibility of the RCA. But what you're saying is, even though you are setting up this model, this RCA for your clients, you're still recommending 100% contribution from the corporation because of what we just talked about. Yeah, it sounds counterintuitive because people will say, oh, look at the big fat tax refund I got from claiming a large personal tax deduction. It's because people don't understand that a tax refund is the government hanging on to your money and just giving it back to you. They don't realize that the goal is to be in the world where you have the, the lowest tax rates and that's the corporate tax rate, which you know the first $500,000 in Ontario is 12.2%. Right? It's, it's, just a, it's just the way the brain works is we think, oh, no, no, the bigger the tax refund, that's good. Now realizing that you only are getting a refund because you were taxed at a much higher rate in the first place. CRA hung on to your money right away. Right. And just refunding you what you shouldn't have paid. So now you you just you just brought up a point that just triggered a little question inside me right now. And I think we should address this right now because you mentioned the 500,000. Corporations that make below 500,000, they're taxed at 12.5 or 12.6%, 12.2%. And whatever is above the 500 is now taxed at 26.5%. So um, I'm a high income earner and I, let's say, make uh, a million. And so the, the first 500 is is taxed at 12.5. The, the second portion is now taxed at um, 26.5. So if I use the RCA, does it reduce my my net income that I that I need to pay taxes on? Is that how that works? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a full tax deduction at the corporate level. It's pre-tax. So when you file your corporate tax return, everything you've contributed to the RCA reduces the taxable income. So you might've been past 500,000 and exposed to a higher tax rate, but because you were able to claim deductions, you might end up in a lower tax rate for the corporation. Wow, that is powerful. That is powerful. So question for, for you, JP, how come this is not talked about? How come this is so clandestine? Like I'm blown away right now. But, but I'm, I guarantee you that maybe out of 100% of my colleagues, maybe 1% or 2% of people have, have know about this. Why is it so clandestine? Well, I, I think it's, it's kind of the same thing as personal pension plans. Um, this is highly technical. And a lot of people, a lot of professionals that doctors deal with are not familiar with these rules, but they just have pa a passing knowledge they don't feel comfortable recommending it or talking about it. So it just doesn't end up part of the discussion. It's okay. no different than, than pension plans where if you don't have a lot of experience with them, you don't do them. Therefore, it's not part of the checklist. When the doctor comes in every year for their, their fiscal checkup, uh, it's not on the checklist. So people don't do it. 
That being said, 100% of my colleagues have an accountant, but yet 1% of my colleagues do this. There's a big disconnect here. I agree. I agree. But same thing with pensions. I bet you most of your colleagues don't have a pension plan. No, they don't. They so don't why is that? Why is that? Pension plans have been around since 1880 in Canada. Okay. I wasn't born in 1880. Uh, so I don't know about that, but. Well, I, I researched it. Yes. <laughs> okay. There's, uh, it just blows my mind how there's a huge disconnect there. Okay. So let's come back. Let's come back to the discussion then. How does it work? Because uh, it's, it, it sounds complicated, but I, I hope you simplify this for us because there's a CRA component and then there's an investment component. So run us through that a little bit. It's really not that complicated when you use an example. So let's imagine that you set up a pension and then that's not complicated with a 50% employee. Let's keep it simple. 100% of the annual annual contribution comes from your medical corporation. So the actuary or the administrator of the RCA tells you, okay, Vu, this year it's gonna be a $200,000 contribution. So that means $200,000 written off your corporate taxable income. That $200,000 goes into the RCA, and then there's what's called a refundable tax that's applied to it. So out of the $200,000, $100,000 is remitted to the Canada uh, Revenue Agency under what's called a refundable tax account. So we like jargon and acronyms, we call them RTAs, refundable tax account. And then the other 50%, so the other $100,000 ends up in the investment account of your RCA. And that could be at any financial institution. And we'll talk about what you can do with that $100,000 to invest it, but let's just keep stick to the, the, the basics. So really, you only have half your money working for you because the other half is sitting as a credit in the refundable tax account and the government won't give you any interest on that money. Now, not to go down a rabbit hole, but just so you know, there's actually no account with money in it at Sierra. It goes into general consolidated revenues. So the government spends that money on stuff it does. They just owe the RCA the money that was credited in their books. So it's kind of like a bank, you know, when you put money in the bank account, the bank lends it out to the third parties. You know, it doesn't sit in an account, it's just a credit to a debtor, i.e. The RC, in this case, the RCA trust. So, so what happens to the 50% the that's sitting in the investment account? Well, it can be invested in a number of things, either um, income producing or something that will create a deferred tax or tax exempt. So there are really three different ways in which that $100,000 that didn't end up with CRA is being invested within the RCA trust. So you could, you could buy, I don't know, GICs, stocks, bonds, whatever, mutual funds, which will, as it matures and grows, create taxable income. That's one option. Another option is to buy something that has a deferred uh, tax attached to it, like units of a uh, corporate class securities where you defer paying tax until there's a taxable event down the road. So there's growth without tax. And then the last one is you can have a tax-free growth if you use the $100,000 as a premium for a permanent life insurance policy that has an investment account and a death benefit. Now, the investment account of that insurance policy is governed by section 148 of the Income Tax Act. And it specifies that the growth inside of that account operates free of tax. So even though normally the rest of the RCA assets are subject to tax, because you used a special type of asset, namely the insurance policy, and because of section 148, you don't have to worry about the growth occurring within that policy. So what happens to the first one where you're buying stocks and bond GIC and you're getting paid income? Well, that income is also taxed at the 50% rate under the refundable system. So if your $100,000 is all in GICs and you make 10%, so there's a 10% 
interest, 5,000 has to go to the refundable tax account and the other 5,000 stays inside of the investment account for reinvestment purposes. So as the, the uh, growth occurs within the taxable investment account, you keep crediting the refundable tax account. Now, the interesting part is that it's called a refundable tax account because you get the money back eventually. And I imagine you'll ask me how that works later on, but it's not lost money. A lot of people think, oh my gosh, I paid 50% tax on my investments. Why did I do that? I'll never see that money again. No, it's refundable. So you will get it back when you start pulling money out of the RCA in retirement. Now, I already paid, because in your example of the 200,000, I already paid 100,000 into that RTA account already. Yeah. But now what you're saying is the 5,000 that I made in capital gains also go into that account, which means this year I'm actually paying 105. Is that what you're saying? Well, at the end of the year, if you at the end of year, 1,000 yeah. over the year, yeah. You're really paying 105,000 in, in refundable taxes. In that, in that example. Yeah, in that example. Yeah. In the example of the permanent life insurance, there, there no, no additional money goes to the RTA. No, because Section 148 makes that growth, that $10,000 growth tax deferred, or tax free. Okay. So that, that's good to know. So now, I guess the question is two questions because you, you did bring up the, uh, a good question. Uh, how do I take that money out from the RTA, which we'll talk about in a minute. But the question that I, I still have in my mind is, how did we come up with the two thousand dollars, two hundred thousand dollars? How did that oh, number come up? Yeah. Um, how how is that calculated? Yeah. So I, I arbitrarily picked two hundred thousand just for ease of calculation for my example, but that would be determined by the actuary that uh, helps with the administration of this plan. And so, remember when I was telling you that the RCA supplements an existing pension. An actuary would be called, just like with a pension plan, like a defined benefit pension plan, to map out and project what kind of contributions are required today and next year and the year after to ensure that by the end of the process, when you retire, there's enough money sitting in the RCA trust to support a very large pro a defined benefit pension. So just like with either an IPP or the defined benefit component of the of a PPP or CPPP, we have an actuarial calculation made that looks at what kind of pension you, you're promising yourself and reverse engineers what we need to put in now, assuming some rate of growth, to have enough money in retirement. And that's how the $200,000 is calculated. Okay, got it. So in the personal pension plan, they use obviously age, age at retirement, uh, your annual income plus grave, um, rate of return plus the 2% that we mentioned in pensions and use that as a formula to calculate your, your pension at the end when you retire. So for the RCA, is it very similar? Do they use those factors or do you use different factors? No, it's the same. It's the same formula. It's just that the salary component of the formula is not capped at the maximum pensionable salary of one hundred seventy-one thousand. We will use the actual salary that the MPC is paying you as that term in the equation. So, of course, because your actual salary could be a lot higher than one hundred seventy-one thousand, you end up with a much larger contribution. So again, I just, I'm a simpleton here. I'm not very good in math. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm just an eMERGE doc. But here's my question. So if we're using higher salary limits into this formula, I'm assuming that in most cases, the RCA or the contribution amount in the RCA will inevitably higher than the amount contribution that we can put into a personal pension plan then. Am I well, correct? Definitely. Am I... Definitely. 
Now, you know, on their personal pension plan, let's say that the actuary says, that based on your age, you need to do 25% of your salary. So if your salary is $100,000, that's a $25,000 contribution. But if your real salary is $500,000, the um, RCA contribution will be 25% of $500,000. So it'd be a $125,000 contribution. It'd be like five times what you were able to contribute to the PPP. Got it. So if those are the math, uh, and let's say we used your 125,000 example here, but my corporation doesn't have the cash flow. Do I yeah. have to? Is it mandatory that I put no. the 125,000? No, that's the beauty of RCAs is that they're not governed by provincial pension statutes. So just like with the PPP, you don't have to contribute. The corporation doesn't have to kick in that money if it doesn't have it. They can kind of bank, bank it for when it does have money. So it could be carried over. Yep. Got it. Very flexible in my mind then. Extremely flexible. Now let's talk about the good points. So I've put all this money in. I've saved all this time. My corporation took the tax deduction along the way, which is fabulous. And now I'm ready to retire. How do I take it out? When do I take it out? What, is the, what are the mechanisms to take it out? And what happens to the RTA, that, that money that I parked with the CRA? How do I take that out? Yeah, well, again, let's use an example. So let's say you decide to retire to, I don't know, the south of France. You, you saw the villa that I had and you said, you know, I'm going to copy JP. I'm going to buy the villa next Can day. we go to Bordeaux? Sure, Bordeaux, because you like your, your red wine. Okay, so okay. we're in Bordeaux. And you say, you know what? I need to start drawing some of that pension. So you, you might turn on your PPP or your, your CPPP pension, but you say, that's not enough. You know, I want to buy the really uh, expensive wine. So I need my RCA pension as well. So you turn the pension on. And what happens is for every $2 that's coming out of the investment account in the form of a pension, CRA has an obligation to refund you $1 from the refundable tax account. So you really have $3 to spend. You have the two from the investment account and the one from the refundable tax account. And this happens every year until you exhaust the assets in the investment account, at which point the balance of your refundable tax account is also paid back to you. So the government doesn't keep a penny of those 50% taxes that we were talking about. At the end of the day, all of it is refunded to you. So my next question then, so that comes out as a pension, obviously is taxed at income. And so the, the $1 that comes out of the RTA, is that considered income or is that considered a refund? And am I taxed on the $2 or am I taxed on the $3? No, no, unfortunately, you're, the, the one is added to the two and the three comes out and what comes out is what's taxable. So it's treated as ordinary income. But I use, I use Bordeaux as an example because if you are a non-resident of Canada, the withholding tax in Canada on that $3 of pension from the RCA is normally it's 25%. It's a flat, flat rate. But Canada has signed hundreds of tax treaties with countries around the world. And that 25% is actually reduced to 15%, not the 53.5% that Canadian residents are used to on their RRSP, RIF, and pension income, or even RCA income. It's 15% if you're a non-resident in one of these 100 countries around the world that Canada signed a tax treaty with. So that's, to me, that's pretty reasonable because 15% tax, that's slightly more than what the deduction that your company took on the first $500,000, 12.2. It's almost a wash. So this 15% withholding tax, is that in addition to the local, tax, ta yeah. local taxes in Bordeaux? Yeah, yeah. So, so depending on the country you're in, depending on the tax treaty, depending on how they tax non-residents, there could be some 
local tax. I know that uh, south of Portugal, on the Portuguese Riviera, there are certain regions where the Portuguese government will not impose any tax if the money you live off is like a Canadian pension, for example. So you end up in that case, the only tax ever you'll pay is 15%. What you're saying is you're forcing me to drink Portuguese wine as opposed to drinking French wine when I retire. Yeah, well, you can always hop on a plane and go visit Bordeaux from your mansion in, uh, in uh, Lisbon or wherever you are, the south of Portugal. I mean, I, I love Portuguese wine too, don't get me wrong. <laughs> Yeah, so the only thing I should mention about non-residents, just in case some of your doctors, um, listeners are interested in this, if they do plan to become non-residents, the fact that these millions of dollars were accumulated inside the RCA brings another benefit, a massive one, is that the monies inside the RCA are not caught by the departure tax. The deemed disposition imposed by the Income Tax Act when you become a non-resident of Canada. Right. So that could be millions and millions of dollars in taxes saved because you were, had placed the money in an RCA. Right. I decide to go to Lisbon and I retired there and uh, I love my Portuguese wine. If I have an RSP, that's not the same because in RSP, there is a departure tax and there's no, a team no, no. no, there, there's no... Our, uh, RSP assets are also exempt assets. Okay. So they're not, they're not taxed. The, the difference, of course, is you can put significantly more money in a personal pension plan, for example, or an RCA than you would in an RRSP. Okay. So both the RSP and the RCA uh, do not have that departure yeah, disposition tax. They're, both, they're, all, they're all called exempt assets. Got it. But if you okay. keep the shares, if you, ke if you kept the, sh the money, if your wealth is trapped in the shares of your MPC and you cross the border, that's caught by the departure tax. So the, the member we're talking about, people who believe in dividends only and keeping all the money in their corporation. Yeah. Well, now they're going to be paying a lot of money to the government because they didn't have the foresight to uh, set up pension structures. So the departure tax is going to take a big chunk of their wealth. Right. Now, these are, again, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that everybody moves away from Canada at time of retirement, but we know that there's a high probability that, that people do that. All you have to do is just look at all the snowbirds that go down to Florida and Phoenix, Arizona, and stuff like that. Um, so it's not unusual to see uh, retirees move out of Canada in the winter. Um, that's, that's why they do it, to escape the cold. Um, so these types of planning is, is very important. Well, I think because of the numbers we're talking about, I mean, imagine if you have $50 million in your RCA and you don't have to pay tax on that when you cross the border. To me, that's real value that we've, we've added as part of the planning. So it's, it's, uh, it's one thing I have to say. So you said the word, it's planning, right? So this doesn't happen tomorrow. This ha doesn't happen immediately. I, I use the example of the you know, Richard Branson Virgin Galactic launch of the rocket not too long ago. It, it took them 10, 15 years to do that. It, it just doesn't, doesn't just happen all of a sudden. So it does take planning and it, it does take the foresight as you've mentioned. So this is something that you start when you're young uh, and plan for the future. So not having that foresight to not do just dividend alone, then you're, you're, you're foregoing all these benefits. Yeah, I mean, that's the classic, um, you know, you can see the tree, but you miss the forest. Yeah. A lot of people say, oh, I'm gonna do dividends because I don't have to put money in the Canada pension plan. And then they don't realize that they've given up a personal pension plan, they've given up an RCA, they've given up all these tax planning strategies, thinking they're saving a couple of bucks each year, which in fact they're not, because like CPP, for example, is not a, a tax, it gives you another pension. 
Yeah. Um, and so, so there's a lot of misconceptions out there, a lot of lack of knowledge about pensions, and people are making foolish decisions every day uh, because they're just operating in an environment where they don't know what they're doing. And it's, well, it's very painful to see, but, you know, short of educating people, not sure what else we can do. Yeah, it's, it's very, very painful. Um, a lot of my colleagues are saying, well, they're saving 6500 every year, right? Through not paying the CPPP. I get it. 6500 is not small change. I get that. Um, and, even, and if you compounded, you know, at 10% on the stock market for the next 40 years, I get it's not small change. I get that. But you're potentially giving away 50 million. <laughs> well, you're also giving away a CPP pension which is the equivalent uh, of about a GIC that pays 4.6% every year. Right, right. You so on that as well. Right. So um, you've said it best uh, in our discussion uh, is um, penny wise, pound foolish. I don't want to be insulting, but that's really what I see a lot of happening is people are focusing on the wrong thing. They are not looking at the big picture and then they're missing out because they're so focused on the here and now that the long-term effect is they're bleeding their money out needlessly because nobody took the time to map out what pension legislation could do for them. And, and for me, as a physician, as a healthcare professional, understanding this, you have no idea how sad I feel right now because for me, not not seeing the forest and and not plugging those tax leaks just mean that my colleagues have to work an extra shift, two extra shifts, another night shift, uh, uh, another another weekend, uh, just to make up for that lost leak, and that eventually leads to burnout. Uh, and for me, that is extremely sad because I see it every day, and that stems from the from the from the fact that we don't understand finances the way you understand it. And unfortunately, people who help us with that also don't understand it. So we're constantly running in this rat race, not knowing that there's better ways to do it. And, and that really, really hurts me. Enough of the depressing stuff. Let's go yeah. back to the let's go back to the more optimistic stuff. Okay, so we talked about how I take the money out, uh, how it's being taxed, um, and how the mechanism of of things are being taken well, out. Boo! Even even if you don't become a non-resident, yeah, uh, there's another tax advantage. It's that you can income split your RCA pension with a spouse. Oh, similar to a pension. Uh, yeah, a, yeah, a, a PPP. Okay. Same principle. Same principle. So Got that it. could reduce your tax burden in retirement. If you have a spouse that's like stay at home, doesn't have an income, then, you know, for, for those physicians that are in that situation, uh, it could reduce the tax burden on the family because you can income split it. Okay, good. Now you mentioned what we can invest in and you mentioned the three broad categories. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to just maybe jump into a, a, a more specific category because you and I love to talk about this. How about uh, real estate the same way I can do with a PPP? Can I, can I buy real estate with that uh, investment portion of my money? And two, can I buy assets outside of Canada the way I can do it with a PPP or CPPP? The problem with buying uh, outside Canada is that the RCA is not recognized as a true superannuation plan okay. uh, for certain, in certain jurisdictions. Okay. Whereas a registered pension plan like a PPP, CPPP is. Okay. So, so it makes it more complicated then. Yeah, more you, you, have the, you run the risk of maybe being exposed to foreign tax when you're investing and you're growing your money outside of Canada. Okay. What about buying real estate in Canada? Well, you can, but it's complicated because the, you have to find custodians that are equipped to handle these types of accounts and having real estate within them. Remember, when you're buying private real estate, it's not trade on a stock market. 
there's no ticker. It's not simply an entry in a spreadsheet, right? So there's a whole extra layer of complexity and, and legal documentation that comes with it that you have to take into consideration. So that brings extra costs, extra, extra complexity. Um, so while it's doable, um, it's not really a do-it-yourself project. You wow. really need to get ex experts to, who understand this space to set it up for you. Of course. I mean, even the setup of the RCA is not a DIY project. Um, so I get that. Yeah, um, it's even worse when you're doing private real estate under an RCA. Right. So it takes, it takes other expertise to help, but you're saying it's not ruled out. No, it's possible. It's just not easy. Okay. Got it. And not cheap. Okay. Uh, another question that came my mind, into my mind when you mentioned, okay, when it's time to trigger the pension, I'll take the pension from my PPP, from my IPP or my CPPP, whatever it is. I take, I trigger the, the pension. I start taking the pension. And you said, we'll do that at the same time with the RCA, but it doesn't have to be at the same time. I Correct. don't have to trigger the RCA at the same time. You're right. You're right. You could trigger the pension at 71 because the pension laws force you to start drawing a pension at 71. But you may say, no, I'm not going to take my RCA pension on top. I'll do that at 80 or 85 or maybe never. Right. Because you might have children that are also working in your company and you've made them members of your RCA. So when you die, all the surplus goes to them. So the same way as uh, when I die, my surplus PPP money goes to my corp. The surplus of my RCA money also goes to my corp. Well, or to the... To, to the pension. Yeah, to the pension, not to the corp. Yeah, it's it stays in the plan yeah. for whatever uh, folks are left behind. Right? right. You have children, spouse that are members of the plan. They can use all the money you left behind as their own money. Right. And again, because it's a surplus, it's not taxed. That's uh, right. There's, when... no There's no dean disposition, no probate. doesn't flow through the estate. It's the same principle as the PPP, a defined benefit component. You All the money passes to the next generation with no tax. Perfect. Um, another question is... So I don't have to trigger it at age 71. I could trigger it at 80, 85, 72, whatever. But can I trigger it before I trigger my yeah. pension? Yes, 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 yes. You can start early retirement. You can also, well, the thing is, if you're going to do early retirement, you'd have to retire under the PPP or the underlying pension plan as well. Correct. So, so if I- Salaries at that early age, let's yeah. say 50, 55, whatever. So you stop taking a salary from the NPC and then you're going to get the option to start drawing your pension and then you can do your RCA pension. Okay. But I can't trigger just the RCA alone early. Well, you could, if you wound up the RCA. So if the corporate, if the NPC said we're winding up the RCA at age 50, but we're keeping the pension plan alive. Yeah. Then you could say, okay, I'm going to dole out that money out of the RCA account, investment account, over a 15, 20-year period in equal increments. So it's as if you had turned on the pension. Oh, and, and an annual pension amount from the trust. Got it. But I haven't triggered my PPP at that time. It's, that's operating independently and, and you're still working. You're still getting, remember, because what created this quasi-pension is winding up the plan. Yeah. Not that you stop collecting a salary. Got it. So it's the it's not it's not taking pension money. It's because you're winding down that vehicle. But practically speaking, if I'm getting the same amount each year, that's every month. Every month. Yeah. I mean it it looks and talks and walks and smells like a pension. Absolutely. It may Absolutely. not be a pension, but it's the same thing. <laughs> Absolutely. It feels like a pension. Yeah, it's yeah. So you create a synthetic pension from the RCA. Okay, good. So this answers a little bit to how do I take the money out? I guess the question I have is when when I take that money out, uh, 
it, it goes to the beneficiary, which is, uh, so my MPC is the sponsor. When it comes out, it comes out to Vuketran. And so Vuketran is the beneficiary, correct? Well, I mean, we, we call them the plan member, but plan member, okay. you, you do benefit, yeah. Okay. And so one thing that we talked about is that this is uh, creditor protected. So yes. because, because there's a plan member slash beneficiary. So in the, in, the, in the eyes of the law, what makes it creditor protected? Well, remember, this money is held in a RCA trust. So the trust is a separate entity from the MPC and is separate from Vuketran, from the plan member. So the trust has its own assets. And therefore, if someone attacks your MPC for something or you personally, that money is not yours until it's paid to you in the form of an RCA pension. So it's held in trust by a third party, the RCA trust. So that's what creates the creditor protection. Okay. So, so in very similar line of thought, we also mentioned probate. So you and I talked about probate. So assuming that I'm, I'm, I didn't use this RCA amount or I did use it, but um, you know, the Mack truck hits me earlier than I thought. And there is money left in this RCA trusts uh, account now. Does it go through probate? Does it go no. through the will? Is it outside of the will? It operates outside the will because it's sitting in the trust and it goes straight to the beneficiaries listed in the RCA paperwork. So right. you typically will have your spouse as a beneficiary. If you have a spouse, then there's a rollover. All that money rolls over to the spouse uh, with no tax to the spouse. And um, if you had kids that were members of the plan, the surplus created makes it roll over to the kids with no tax. If you don't have kids in the plan, you do have kids, but they're not in the plan, then they would be designated beneficiaries. So they would receive the money, but then they would have to include the, those amounts in their personal tax. And so that's important to know because it doesn't go through probate. So in your example that you had, I know the amount seems high, 50 million, but when you think about it, when you do this for... 30, 40 years with those high amounts, plus the growth sitting inside it, it may not be unusual to hit the 30, 30, 30, 40, 50 million, depending on how much your salary is. So we're talking about high amounts and probate in Ontario is 1.5%. And so well, it's, it's a great, it's a, it's a graduate, it's a, it's, it's on a slide, but yeah. So it's, it's, you know, it could save you a lot of money because it doesn't flow through your estate. Right. So saving probate on those amounts is significant. Yeah. I, I see the benefits. Um, I see why this is so powerful. I see how this is supplementary to your own personal pension plan. So the question is, is, this is so great. It's better than sliced bread. What, what are the downsides then? Well, half of your capital is not doing anything while it's sitting in the refundable tax account. That's true. So for a lot of people, they feel they could do better. So that's, a, that's the Achilles heel. It's this 50% refundable tax. Yeah. Which is not really, you're not really losing the full 50% because remember, you're getting a tax refund you're saving taxes at the corporate level. Mm -hmm. And if your company is making more than $500,000, you're saving 20, 26.5%. So the gap is not the full 50% that you're losing out on because you could do something with that extra money. That's the big, big problem with the RCA is that it's perceived as being problematic. And usually it's because the financial advisors would rather make money on the full amount than only half the amount, right? Right. So they'd rather have 200 grand uh, asset under management than just 100 grand exactly. asset under management. Exactly. So there are they're, they're not a lot of incentives for financial advisors to recommend RCAs because, you know, they could charge a lot more fees on a bigger account. 
what goes to CRA, you can't bill on. Yeah. So that's a major flaw of this, or maybe yeah. not flaw, but deficiency here. Yeah. Um, what other smaller flaws that are coming with this type of uh, vehicle? Well, it's extra, it's, it's like a pension plan, there's extra paperwork. Mm -hmm. You got to keep on top of, you have to hire someone to look after it. So you need to have plan. a pension management company uh, to yeah. do this. How about the accountants? Are they familiar with this? My experience is that they they don't really understand this. They 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 might have read about it once in a news bulletin or something, but they haven't actually set one up. They haven't helped plan for it. They haven't never looked at the paperwork, and therefore it's it's this terra incognita, fearful. They don't know, so they're they stay away from it. Right. So there's extra paperwork for the accountant, but first they need to. They need to uh, update their knowledge about this to begin with, if, if that's the case. And so there is some accounting paperwork. There is some paperwork that goes back and forth to the CRA. And there is also actuarial cost as well. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, so those are, again, it, it comes with the territory of setting up a pension. Yep. I mean, if you're going to give yourself all these advantages we've been talking about for an hour, there's going to be a, on the flip side, there's going to be some extra paperwork uh, costs and, you know, complexity. Any other nuggets that you would like to share with us? I think we've covered the basics to today. Mm -hmm. I think that if people want to learn more about RCAs, they really should contact their, their uh, trusted uh, experts. And uh, if those folks aren't as familiar with RCAs, they're free to contact us. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll make sure that they put them through their paces. And then if the strategy makes sense, then, then it, they can implement it knowing that they've looked at every aspect. For me, the, the aspect that is the most powerful is being able to do something more in addition to my pension plan. So that's, that for me is the big wow here. Well, there, the, what we didn't talk about, and I guess, thanks for giving me a chance to put a final word here, but remember, when you are increasing your corporate tax deductions, you're also doing all kinds of other stuff in the background. You're reducing the amount of money that's subject to the tax on passive income, the more no measures. Correct. You're purifying your, the shares of your company if you want to trigger the lifetime capital gains exemption, which is another $913,000 this year of tax-free capital gains. You're also protecting it from, if you become a non-resident from the deem, from the deemed disposition, the departure tax. Right. So there are all these massive, massive tax advantages that come from having taken taxable corporate cash off the balance sheet into the RCA. Just like Absolutely. the pension plan. Absolutely. So these are the amplifiers, the accelerators, if you want to call them, that we never talked about, but they are there and they're extremely valuable. Absolutely. You bring up a very good point. The uh, the income over the 500000 when you get the preferred tax rate, that that for me is is humongous. And two, um, the, the tax on the passive income. Um, so you could still invest in the same Tesla stock <laughs> via the RCA and not trigger the, the, um, the capital gains on, on the passive income. And still you're still owning the same Tesla stock. Yeah, it's, it's just you, you take investments that were done in, an, in a taxable, non-registered corporate environment, and you're moving that same investment profile, the same stocks, the same growth, you're moving it into a, a quasi-sheltered RCA environment. Right. So this is this is the benefit of this vehicle that is is having that preferred tax environment, right? That's that's all this is. It's a preferred tax environment. Yeah, but, but those accelerators, like purifying the shares of your company, if you're going to sell them to get a nine hundred thousand dollar tax free capital gain, like who wouldn't want tax free money? Yeah, especially if it's nine hundred thousand dollars, and that comes with a package that's just being part of this. So it's not just the annual deductions. 
which is great, but you got all that happening in the background as well. Exactly. That's why I was saying the tree and there's the forest. And a lot of people focus always on the tree, the annual cost benefit of dividends versus salary and, and such thing. They, they forget about all the other strategies that tie into having a pension strategy. All right. Shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good medical term. Well, I'm not sure it's a good medical term because I now have to fix that foot now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, listen, uh, JP, thank you very much for spending this time with us. It's been, again, uh, amazing. Every time I have you on as my guest, I, I learn a thousand things new. Uh, and so I'm sure my audience really, really appreciate your knowledge and your experience and your insight today. So thank you very much for coming on, JP. It's my pleasure. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Okay, thank you very much. Enjoy the Super Bowl and please don't eat too much chicken wings. Okay, bye. Well, there's a lot of information in this podcast and interview with uh, Mr. JP Laporte. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you learned something new. And please share it with your friends and colleagues and subscribe to the show. Thank you very much. How is my financial health doc podcast is hosted by Dr. Vukit Tran. Dr. Tran is a physician with a special interest in personal financial security and wealth education. Dr. Tran does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through this financial podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. Please confer with your advisor, lawyer, or accountant for specific advice.